Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Evie Brooks. Evie, how are you today? I am great. Thank you for having me. Oh, thrilled to have you here. We have so much to dive into. The space that you play in is fascinating, and I can't wait to share your story with all of our listeners. So, Start by telling us a little bit about how you got into the whole world of real estate in the first place. Well, that's an interesting story. I had not planned on being in real estate at all. I was uh, in college and I was uh, pre-law criminology and I got pregnant my last semester of college and was extremely sick. So Mm -hmm. law school went to the the side, Uh, (laughs) by the wayside, mm -hmm. and um, I was six months into it so sick that I couldn't even sit up. For the whole, I was, I was 87 pounds at six months pregnant. Oh my gosh. So no sick. way. Oh. Yeah, I was. And so a friend of mine said, I can get you a job that will give you maternity benefits. <laughs> and it was in real estate, believe it or not. Oh, so interesting. I got in and I was in corporate America from that point, four years. I never looked back. I never stopped and thought I'm going to go to law school after that. I loved mm. real estate. I knew it was a passion right from the beginning, but You know, about three years into it, I started to get a little bit disenchanted because I realized that I was on the wrong side of the desk. Everybody on the other side of the desk (laughs) from me was making a whole lot more money than I (laughs) as an employee. Mm -hmm. So um, at uh, three and a half years into it, I was told that I had reached the highest pay level that I would reach for probably eight to 10 years with the company I was with. And I was like, oh, no, that will never happen. (laughs) So six months later, I left. I went out on my own as an investor, and I've never looked back. What a story. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's so true, right, That, that everything happens for a reason. It may not always be fun, and you may not know why as you're going through it, but once you look back, you can connect all the dots. Oh my gosh. First of all, oh my God, I can't even imagine being so sick uh, while you're pregnant. That must've been, oh, quite an experience. Um, but through it, it sounds like you were able to discover a whole new side of yourself that you may not have otherwise discovered. So tell us, you know, when you got into real estate, what were you doing, um, in that first job that you were, that you had and what did you love about it? 
The last position I had was off of North Druid Hills in Atlanta. Anybody that knows the Atlanta market knows the area with a company called Executive Park, where the Executive Park was the location. And it was 56 office buildings. So I was in commercial office management, asset management. And um, so that's where I was when I left after four years. Um, and so <clears throat> I had a lot of experience with working with contractors and um, investors and, you know, just a lot of, a lot of different variations of real estate. And I just realized, you know, that there was a big, big difference. And so I started a construction company while I was still there. And my husband and I at the time um, ran that company together. And now my son is running that company today. Um, and no so, way. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but um, I, after, after a period of time of us working together in that company, I kind of ventured out and started doing real estate investing. And it wasn't long until I started having friends and family members saying, can you show me how to do what you were doing? And I became a mentor by default, not realizing what was happening. And that's how I found my calling. My calling is truly to train and teach other people how to do what I figured out how to do with a lot of skint knees and, and bruised elbows. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so when you started out as an investor, what were some of the things that you were investing in? Was it smaller rental properties or larger syndications? What were you doing? Well, the first four properties that I purchased out on my own, um, I purchased all within the first six months of leaving corporate America, were all in the range of $250,000 nice homes and subdivisions. And they were rental properties, but I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And I paid way too much. And we got hit with, um, you know, a, a, a downturn in the market. And um, at that time, I had all, believe it or not, I had all the people that were in my homes were people that were related to the banking industry, the mortgage industry, or the real estate industry. And all of them defaulted on their rentals. And all four properties were sitting there empty. So I, like I said, I've had a lot of skint knees and bruised elbows over the years. And although I didn't make a lot of money on those four deals, I did not give up. Um, I learned from my experience and I continued to thrive and strive to become better. But what I did realize is I couldn't do it on my own. I had to get mentorship. I had to have training. I had to surround myself with other people that could help me learn what I wanted to do and learn how to do it more effectively. I couldn't agree with you more. That's the, one of the first things I did when I got into what we do now through multifamily syndication was I got went out and got a coach and said, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> I can't do it, especially being an entrepreneur. There's so many ups and downs and you got to have somebody there sort of leading you, guiding you, helping you see your blind spots. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's funny hearing you talk about um, those first few properties too. I sort of had that same experience where, you know, the first few, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you don't know, but that, that faith and that commitment, right? That's, I think, what separates um, the people who see success from those who don't is you took a chance, you took a risk, but not willy nilly, you were committed, you persisted. And it's almost as if that was your tuition, right? You went in, maybe you didn't make as much, maybe you even lost a little, but you know, at the end of the day, you came out so much stronger for it. So many, many roads were opened after that, you know, once I figured it out and I started teaching other people um, how to do what I was doing as just a, you know, a pro bono or a goodwill kind of thing, I realized, hey, I'm, I've got a niche market here. And then I started teaching with the Rich Dad Poor Dad organization back in 2003. I stayed with them until 2014. And um, 
of course, I've mentored many, many hundreds or thousands of people throughout the years in different countries and different states and, you know, have taught all around the world. Um, I, I, I've lost count now, probably 14, 15 different countries that I've been in, everything from Vietnam to Hong Kong to Holland to, you know, London and everywhere in between. Um, and um, became um, a keynote speaker and I was first international in Costa Rica with the Rich Dad organization. I was teaching the international component of investing with them in Costa Rica. But in 2008, when the market crashed, Costa Rica crashed because it's a tourism only country. Well, Panama right next door is not a tourism only country. It's got the, you know, three or four, maybe five different economic avenues of income that bring revenue into the country that's driving that country that does not rely on tourism. So you've got the Panama Canal, now you've got the Cobra copper mines and you've got the, the cruise industry and you've got, I mean, just there's just so many different things. Plus it's a country that really promotes um, expats and, and international investments in, with companies. So like a lot of major companies like Exxon and, and Under Armour and, uh, you know, Estee Lauder, Elizabeth Arden. I mean, I could go on and on all day. Ferrari and, you know, those types of companies have come in there because of the perks and the benefits that they get to house, you know, their corporate offices there, be it regional, national, international, whatever. And so um, it just had a whole lot more safety nets built in than these tourism only countries. And so I have never looked back since I've you know, landed there in 2012. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And that's so much of what we preach through our investments too, right? Is the job growth and, but not only the job growth, but the job diversity, right? right. That's such a strong factor in looking at a potential market or a place to, to live. Uh, but I'm curious about your expat experience. I'm sure there are listeners um, out there who are thinking, oh my gosh, that's my goal, right? I want to, I want to move somewhere too. And I want to, I want to have this experience. So tell us a little bit about that. I've never done it. So, um, tell us what, what was that like? What was that transition like? And what tips or advice do you have for others who may want to follow in your shoes? Well, surprisingly enough, it's actually really easy. In fact, it's easier to go to Panama and buy a real estate than it is to buy it here in the United States. All right, um, I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could have you in a property within 72 hours from now. What? Yeah. No I way. Could. Yes, I can. <gasps> um, because when I went in in 2012, I went to developer after developer after developer looking for somebody that would believe in my investment strategies, the rich dad, poor dad mentality. But I've been doing it long before the rich dad um, mentality, OPM, other people's money, leveraging, all these types of things. Nobody in Panama did that. But I found one developer in 2012, now I have many, um, that um, was willing to um, give us a shot because he came to Georgia Tech. That's where he went to college. And so we had that connection because I'm from Georgia. Mm, yeah. And so I started just blowing it out. I was the number one sales for his company. And he had like 15 in-house salespeople for year after year after year, not only in the beach locations, but in the city locations as well. I have just a myriad of trophies from, from his um, company um, because I came in and just started blowing it away. I had my own database. I had my own clientele. It wasn't Panamanians. It was people that were looking to become expats or invest internationally. And so um, after a short period of time, the word got out that we did a lot of business in Panama. And so other developers started coming to me and I had been able to cherry pick 
which developers I want to work with and what programs I want to put together. So at the end of the day, what we have is we have investor programs that you can come into, depending on the type of program, whether it be, you know, pre-construction, mid-construction, post-construction, if you want city uh, or you want the beaches or you want golf course, I mean, location, all of those types of things. We've got all those. It's not a one-stop shop fits all because it doesn't. Nothing's ever going to work like that. But these programs are designed so that you can find the property that you want, put down anywhere from 10 to 20 to 30%, depending on the developer and the program, cash, you sign a contract over the email, send it back, they sign it, and you're now a property owner. No FICO scores required, no tax returns required. It's a non-recourse loan, um, and uh, you know you default, you lose the property, and that's all there is to it. So they don't, I mean, th- th- you don't have to qualify with, you know, years of tax returns and in bank accounts and all kinds of things like that. It's a very simple process. My, and these are, um, it sounds like these are really nice properties. And, and so you're buying them um, in the middle of the development development cycle. Is that right? Oh, no, we have them. We have them oh, all. Fully, I have, I have oh, everything okay. from pre-construction, meaning that they have oh, just broken it. ground and they have like mm-hmm. a three-year timeline until they're completed all the way up to mid-construction. Like I have many projects right now that are within one year to 18 months of being complete. I mean, they're already 40 stories high and they're doing the finishes on the interior and things like that. And you can actually go in and see them go on the construction elevators and go up to the model unit, all those types of things, um, to properties that are, are completed and finished. And then of course we have resale stuff too, but I don't do a whole lot of resale because people that are coming in really like the nicer, newer, glitzier, you know, really beautiful um, strategy, uh, um, type of properties. Interesting. Oh my gosh, that's fascinating. And so most people who invest in these properties, are they looking to then then move into them themselves or do they rent them out or how do they? Most are not. I would say probably about 30% of our clientele are looking for this to be a home that they move into. And some of those are, it's going to be part-time here, part-time there. And now I have clients that have a seasonal home. They have four different homes in different parts of the world. So every season they're at one of the different properties and they don't typically rent those, their properties out. They leave them vacant when they're not there because that's their home, if you will, for that season each year. Um, And then we have other people that plan to retire in two years, three years, four years, five years, and want to get today's pricing and not have to wait for that and go ahead and get in on the deals. And then they'll start using them as a vacation rental or a long-term rental until they're ready. But that way they have it to come to for two weeks out of the year or two months out of the year, depending on what what their schedule is. So it just depends on the individual person, but you've got everything from A to Z, you know, that that falls into all different categories. My gosh, this is so fascinating. I've never been to Panama, but I've heard amazing things about it. And I love that it's on the upswing and it's got all these solid fundamentals. Um, I'm definitely going to have to look into this. We'll, we'll talk. After, but <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to switch gears because you said that you, you've coached so many people over the years in all these different countries. Uh, and I know real estate investing for some, it can be really hard to get into whether it's a mindset thing or it's, you know, they don't have the time, the tools or whatever it is. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, maybe some of the the trends that you've seen across the coaching sessions you've done? Maybe, you know, so what are some of the common things that people get stuck on or, or why people get into this space in the first place? Well, where I see people really slow down and not be able to get over the hurdles that stop them is, first of all, they 
they analyze until they're paralyzed. And I've always yeah. said, you know, you've got to quit overanalyzing everything and just take that leap, make one move. And then once you're comfortable with that one, then move to the next one. And I teach people how to do what we call pack the pipeline. Um, and packing the pipeline is you may do one deal today, but I'm going to get you in a deal that you're going to make money on within 12, 24 months so that you can come out of that, see the success that you've had, take the original amount and the profit you've made and reinvest again. But now we can go and do two deals. Um, mm. And so, you know, I, I continue to show them how to expand that portfolio, which is really, really important. And it, they're able to do it without having so much fear, because when people can't sleep at night and they call you at two o'clock in the morning because they're petrified, they're not doing it the right way. Um, and so um, over the years, I have started working with a different type of clientele, but I love doing this with people that, you know, this is their first venture. They've been in corporate America all their life, and they've never done anything except have a J-O-B with a paycheck. And they're very concerned about that second phase of their life, or maybe just leaving corporate America and going out on their own because they know it's 100% dependent on them, but they've never done it. And so helping them get over that hurdle is really, really important. And that's that's just where my passion comes in is showing people how to take whatever it is that they have, whether they've only got 25,000 or if they've got 250,000 or if they got 5 million, it doesn't matter. The, the structure and the concepts all the same. But like I said before, it's not a one size fits all. I sit down with every single one of my clients on an individual basis and we have mentoring calls with business strategies that we lay out. Where do you want to be in five years now? Let's back into that. How are we going to accomplish that? Um, because every single person is different. No one person is going to be the same as the next. And if you had to pinpoint maybe some of the factors that you see where that separate the people who see success from the people who maybe linger out there, who are stuck spinning their wheels is what is it? It sounds like it's not the amount of money that they have. Not the amount of the money is how to be able to um, find the money necessary to do the deals to start with. And so people get caught up with, you know, I've only got, you know, 25,000 or a hundred thousand, and that's not enough because I can't buy a property. Well, I don't want you to buy a property. I want you to leverage that property to the hill. I want you to be able to get in with as little money down and be able to see the biggest returns possible because you're going to see the same return, whether you put a hundred percent down or whether you put 20% down. Um, and so I don't care if they've only got, like I said, 25,000 to work with or $50,000 to work with. I'm going to put them in a deal that, that they can get in and out of within two to three years on the average. And that way they're able to do the deal, make a profit, see the success, and then roll and do it again. And see, all the clients that I have, they come back and they do deal after deal after deal after deal after deal. And I mean, I have clients that's been with me, you know, 12, 15 plus years, and they continue to do more and more and more deals. So it sounds like it's, it's uh, a big piece of it must be the mindset piece, it right? It's not necessarily about like the, the technical stuff you can teach them, but it's really like having that mindset shift and really being resourceful as you were talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, it's all about what I call creative finance because people are like, well, I, I'm only going to be able to qualify for one loan. No, that has no bearing on anything. If you're going to think in the mentality of, you know, conventional mortgages, yes, that is true. 
in the United States. Yes, that's true. But that's why I'm international. That's why I've created these programs so that people have the ability. It's like after 2008, majority of our people had issues because of the crash of 2008, whether they went through foreclosures, bankruptcies, lost their jobs, were late on payments. They couldn't go out and get loans. But yet they could come to Panama and they could build a, a portfolio of millions of dollars if they had, you know, the cash to work with to get in those deals. And they didn't have to have a lot of cash to be able to get in these deals. And people that did that have made a fortune in Panama over this time. I can imagine. Oh, my goodness. Oh, such a unique venture. And but at the same time, you know, I think the principles that you teach apply no matter what area of real estate you're in. Yes. That's the thing with real estate. And I've taught this as long as I've been teaching real estate. If you have not a penny to your name and you get pushed out of an airplane with a parachute and you <laughs> land on dirt, you've got an opportunity because that's mm -hmm. real estate. And as long as you have real estate, if you have the knowledge and you have the strategies, you can go build a portfolio. You've just got to know how to do it in any market. It can be a buyer's market. It can be a seller's market. It can be in a recession. It can be in a depression. It doesn't matter. If you know the strategies to use at the right time and how to implement this, you can build any kind of a portfolio you want. Oh, so wise. Well, Evie, I want to ask you one more question before we wrap up, which is, um, you know, we have listeners at all different stages of their real estate investing journey. Some people are just starting out. Some people have already been doing rental properties for many years and now they're scaling into multifamily. Some people have been doing syndications for years and now they're trying to do them on their own. Um, and so what, um, what, if you could give them one piece of advice, um, what would you say to them to help them just move one step forward, move the needle just a tiny bit wherever they are? The, the one golden nugget that I'm going to always give is that you need to make sure that you surround yourself with a power team, if you will, of people that know more about what you're trying to accomplish than you do. You don't have to know everything. I don't want to know how to do the accounting. I'm not an accountant. I don't want to know how to do the asset protection because that's not my expertise. I want to know how to do that deal. Um, but yet I'm going to need a whole lot of people to help me make this happen from A to Z, be it property management, be it, you know, maintenance services or whatever. I'm going to have all of these different components. Don't try to be a jack of all trades. You do what you do and do it well, but then surround yourself with a team of people that can help you have the success that you're wanting. And in, in exchange for that, in turn, you're helping them have the success that they want to have. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that, that for me, once I realized that, that I didn't have to know it all or do it all, that changed everything. Once I switched from having to know how to do everything to just finding the right who's to do everything. Oh my gosh, it changed my entire world. And I think that's what's allowed our business to really take off as quickly as it has is that network that you're talking about. It makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Well, Evie, it's clear that you are such a wealth of knowledge and also uh, willing to share so generously of your experiences and your time and your wisdom. And so I'm sure our listeners are going to want to follow up with you to learn more. So tell them what's the best place that they can go. Go to um, eviebrookspanama.com, and that's E-V-I-E -E Brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S, panama.com. And there is an opt-in page there that will give you a video and give you a little bit of insight into more details about the training and, and that type of thing. 
And that's the best way to start. And then we will set up a time with you to have a private one-on-one -on -one consultation. Um, and it's a 30 minute and we'll start there. And then after that 30 minute consultation, I'll give you a um, homework assignment and then we'll follow up with another 30 minute consultation. And that's how we start the whole process. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to do that too. Uh, well, Evie, <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us today. And to all of our listeners, you heard it. Be sure to follow up with Evie to learn more because she's doing such exciting stuff. Thank you for listening. And for all of our listeners, we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com. And please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.